Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God on Launching Podcast, and today's episode, I'm talking to Heather Sager, and we are talking about what is the magnetic effect and how you can use it to attract customers. Uh, that has a lot to do with, you know, the way you're talking and the tone of your voice and your body language and all that stuff. So it's really good. Uh, we also talk about how to promote your, you know, call to action at the end of a podcast live, whatever, in a non-schmucky way, as Heather would say. So stay tuned. Okay, so one quick note before we get into today's episode. Now, we all know creating content takes time but it will be more effective if you already have mapped out your entire launch so that you know exactly what needs to be done, by when, and by who. Now, if you want to have a stress-free launch, all you have to do is sign up for my free Map Out Your Launch mini course so that you'll have a solid launch plan for your next launch. Now, you'll find the link in the show notes or you can go to www.kenwestcar.com forward slash launch plan. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Wesker, and I'll help all my course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. All right, welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Westgar, and today I have Heather Sager with me. Welcome, Heather. Hi, Ken. I'm super thrilled to be here today. It's awesome to have you. Uh, it was great meeting you at a um, BBD Next Level Live. We got the chat, and that was really nice. And now I have you here on the podcast, and thank you so much for that. We're on like a monthly, every month, you and I. We're off to a good track for the year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh before we jump into anything, uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, how we can attract customers and you have this magnetic effect of how we can do that. And we're also going to touch a little bit on, you know, how we can use the call to action when we're promoting or doing a launch and stuff like that as well. But um, first of all, introduce yourself, you know, tell us who you are, what you do and how you help people. Yeah, I'd love to. So I'm Heather Sager. I'm a speaking coach specifically for online entrepreneurs. So I help people do the thing that most people fear, which is public speaking. And the funny thing that I'll mention is most people think about public speaking as this thing that happens at conferences or at stages. Yeah. But the yeah. thing is, as entrepreneurs, we use our voices every single day. And I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs understand that their voice is their most powerful marketing asset. They're already talking to people. So I help them do so with intention, but more importantly, do it in a way that makes sense and attracts their dream clients. So I help people with speaking on podcasts, speaking on webinars, uh, doing their own launches, speaking on stages, mm -hmm. or any other touch points where they could be out in front of a crew, um, i.e. like at a conference, but also on a virtual stage. Um, I help people do so in a way that attracts their their ideal people and make it fun and not sweaty and weird. Like, <laughs> how do we have fun with our voices? Because it is the most unique thing that we do in our businesses. Exactly. Yeah. And stage, the, the, the term stage has changed a lot over the years. It's not anymore just about being on the actual stage. It's like it's a virtual stage and you know, there's podcasts and there's lives and, you know, 
we're everywhere pretty much today. Versus they are. I always say a, a stage is simply a platform to share your message. So whether you're speaking to hundreds of thousands or you're speaking to one person in an Instagram story or a direct message or a Voxer message, mm. like I always tell people every single time that you're talking to another person, consider it a stage, an opportunity to practice how you communicate so that you can show up more powerfully. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So let's start unpacking what you mean by you know, the magnetic effect of how we, how we use that to attract the customers. Yeah. So most business owners, when they start off in this space, right, we're experts at what we do and we are trying to figure out, okay, how do we package up our expertise into an online course or into a membership or into something that's sellable pretty quickly? We realize that, oh my gosh, I have to figure out how to sell this thing. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they start figuring out, okay, how do I learn the marketing jargon? How do I learn the marketing scripts so that I can effectively sell the thing that I do? And what I like to talk about with people is at the end of the day, the words matter. Yes, you mm -hmm. have to have, there's certain marketing structures and stuff you have to use, but the people who you want to buy your program, i.e. the ones that'll be most successful with your teaching style, with your expertise, with the way you talk about things, they're going to be drawn to something I call the magnetic effect, mm -hmm. which is something that's only unique to you. It's the way in which you speak. It's the stories you tell. It's the random tangents you go off on. It's your obsession with target. It's your quirkiness of your voice. It's all of the uh, characteristics about your voice. It's your nonverbals, it's your personality, but it all comes out in the way that you communicate. And I think most people who come from corporate backgrounds have been, they've stripped away all of that personality because mm. they've been taught to communicate professionally and succinctly and clearly and polished and whatever word comes to mind for you. It's like we have this uh, sterile communication style and now we're trying to figure out how to sell our expertise and it just isn't clicking. So the magnetic effect is really embracing how you communicate with your personality through your words, how you say those words, the stories you use and your body language. When you do that, you show up on stage in a magnetic way. Your ideal customer practically begs to work with you. They say, how can I give you money? Because mm -hmm. it's so clear that you're the person they want to work with. Yeah, it's pretty much like embracing, you know, all the quirkiness and just embracing you and who you are and everything around you. I mean, that's really what it's about. Yeah. And it doesn't mean like we could say that and be like, doesn't mean you have to be all like weird on <laughs> camera. It doesn't mean you have to be bringing all this weird, but it's more of the, how do you, how do you show up the same way as yourself consistently? Mm -hmm. I like to think about this as a dial. I um, had a client flying to Portland a couple of months ago. Yeah, he's uh, an executive in, uh, in his firm. And he's from a background of consulting, which was super freaking professional. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how, consider how you communicate as a dial, like, like a twisty dial, like a volume on a radio, mm -hmm. you know, in older cars that have the volume dials, not the newer <laughs> ones with the buttons. But imagine the dial is your, your communication style, your personality. And what I want you to think about is if we totally jack the dial to the left-hand side, that dial can be our most boring, sterile, professional language. Like if somebody were to hear you talk or read your words, they had no idea. Like it could have been written by you. It could have been written by a million other people. Like it's just very, very dialed back. But if we crank the dial to the right, it is so uniquely you. It's like no question that this came out of your mouth. And the, the analogy that I used with this client was imagine you're 
like how you get ready in the morning with your wardrobe. Imagine all the way to the left is your like most formal professional Mm. thing that you wear. Like you're getting dressed to go to the ball, like a, like a fancy event. But if you crank it to the full right, it's like you at your truest on a Sunday morning in your sweatpants, in your cozies, ladies, big messy bun on your hair, Mm -hmm. no bra. Like you wouldn't really show that like truest real version to you outside (laughs) of your family. What I like to say, you have to figure out that sweet spot in the dial Mm -hmm. where every version of you is the version of you, but you have to figure out what is the one that's going to be the I like, like that person. I really jive with them. And chances are it's far less on that formal side, which is what we think we need to do in business to show up as a quote unquote legit business. Mm -hmm. We need to start pushing the dial, but it's also not all the way on the right. Because if you're too casual, if you're too like blah and weird and quirky, people put you in the friend zone. They Mm -hmm. see you as a comedian. They see you as so casual. And if it's that casual, they're not going to trust paying you to solve their problems. They're looking for a little element of professionalism. So you have to figure out where your sweet spot is with that dial. And that comes through trying things out. It comes from bringing some weird, quirky humor. Like it has to be natural for you, but you have to figure out where your sweet spot is on your own dial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's feels like it's something about, you know, you, you want to be taken seriously as well. So if you just goofing around all the time and wearing your slacks all the time, it's going to be a little bit harder to take you actually seriously, obviously. Totally. Sorry, my dog. I don't know if you could hear my dog. If we had been listening, could hear the little whimpering. <laughs> we have a sweet new puppy and she's very excited with her very quirky personality. But you, you hit it on the head. Like it's, I think... If you're wearing, we're getting really tangible with clothing, but I think this is such a great illustration of it. If you, if you wear, let's say you wear jeans every single day, if you wear jeans every day and t-shirts every single day, and then you go out to meet a prospect and you're in a three-piece suit, while that might look more professional, i.e. language wise, Mm -hmm. it'd be like us talking casually. And then all of a sudden we showed up to a sales call trying to use a bunch of big words Mm -hmm. to sound fancy and smart. It could work to close the sale. However, if that's not how you normally communicate, there's going to be a lack of congruency when you deliver the product to the client. They're going to see in your course that you actually don't wear a three-piece suit or use really fancy language. Like there is a mismatch there. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is when we're showing up to do PR, whether that's podcasts or guest speaking on stages or any of that kind of work, We need to be congruent with how we actually show up. So how we deliver the product, how do we show up to our coaching calls? How do we, uh, how do we email and chat with our email list? If those things are not congruent, you break the trust with your audience. And a lot of people think that they have to literally dress up their words and, and what they look like for the selling process. But what actually happens is you attract the wrong people. Mm-hmm. You you need to show up as the way that you normally show up so that you're attracting your perfect fit, the kind of people that you want to serve and keep showing up for. Mm. And um, would you say that maybe, um, you know, due to the fact that we look to these other people, you know, the gurus, experts, uh, people that we look up to, and we pick up on a lot of their language, their stuff, and we try to adapt that to us but that doesn't necessarily fit with us. So it becomes a little bit unauthentic or wrong or I don't know. Yeah. I love that you, I love that you brought this up. I call this the parrot effect, like like a parrot bird squawking on your shoulder, like Polly wants a cracker. (laughs) 
that was my parrot voice. It was terrible. Excellent. Luckily, that's not, <laughs> that's not how I make money. <laughs> but yeah, this, this is the thing, especially when you get in a new space, right? You are inspired and influenced by the people that you follow. And this happens mm-hmm. to everyone where you notice uh, your mentor is using a certain language. So all of a sudden, aware of it or not, you're using that same phrasing, that same language. And sometimes that can really work. Other times it can feel like, I don't know if you did this when you were a kid, where you would steal your parents' clothes and play dress up. Mm-hmm. I used to wear my mom's, she had like patent red leather high heels I thought were pretty cool. But it's like, they don't fit you. They're fun to put on, but authentically they're not you. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do as entrepreneurs, I think it is important for us to try on a lot of different phrasing. I also think different styles, getting geeky, things mm-hmm. like your set, what your set design looks like, what your branding looks like, uh, different verbiage that you use. Do you use humor? Do you not? I think because so many entrepreneurs have come from professional backgrounds, what I find is most of them don't actually know what their vocal style is. They don't know what their kind of real personality is as a brand because they've always been tethered by someone else's brand, Mm -hmm. but they don't know what their natural voice looks like outside of drinks with their girlfriends on the weekend. So they're trying to figure it out. So I do think it's a good idea that if you're borrowing language or borrowing styles from mentors, do it, explore, test different things. But as you mentioned, like you have to be aware of it. Mm -hmm. You have to be aware of it and really be asking the question, is this true for me? Like, is this aligned for me? Do I sound the most authentic and natural? Because something that works really, really great for your business mentor, it works for them because it's authentic. It's not going to work for you just because the language works does not mean that it's going to work for you. It's the authenticity that works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this all kind of reminds me of, you know, messaging in general, where we think that we need to have it in a certain way. But if you actually take the time to notice, your messaging will you know, change and it will evolve over time. And what it was like a year ago is not the same way your messaging is at the moment. I agree. Yeah, that's huge. Like the thing with messaging is I, I think there's this, there's this idea that messaging, just to clarify how I think messaging, messaging is really specific to how you talk about your, uh, your business mm-hmm. in a way that aligns your perfect customer with your perfect offer. It's like messaging is the the shepherding of where they meet and greet with you all the way up to them buying your offer. So it's like the, what you talk about in that process? Most people consider that a launch. Mm -hmm. So messaging, I think there's this idea that people think that there is a perfect way to quote unquote message their offer Mm -hmm. in order to convert. And as you just said, like, it's not, there is actually no one perfect way. You can have five different versions of your messaging and they could all work. Honestly, a lot of it is the energy you bring to your message. Exactly. Yes. Right. If you're bringing desperate energy, oh my gosh, I have to make this convert. (laughs) doesn't matter how damn good your language is, your energy, i.e. your vocal tone, Mm -hmm. your pace, your body language, your facial expressions, all of those things are going to scream repel Mm -hmm. because there's desperate energy there. So it doesn't matter how good the words are. If you don't deliver those words in a, as I say, a magnetic way, um, your launch is going to flop. So I like, I like to tell people just get your next, um, I'll, I'll keep it PC here. We use, um, 
not crappy, the other word, but we say crappy first draft. Mm -hmm. It's like your crappy next version. That's what we say all the time in my program when people are creating their signature talks. It's like, don't try to make the perfect talk, just make your next talk. Mm. Create the crappy next version because you need to deliver it, get feedback from it, see what works, see what stories resonate, see what analogies are working, see where people are pushing back or taking action. Get your next version and that will get you closer to your more even more magnetic message. Mm -hmm. And I love that you brought the whole energy aspect of it because it's like you just said, you know, it will affect the people through the screen. It doesn't really matter. They will still pick up on it. It's like you say, you know, it's the, it's the voice, it's the body language, it's everything. And I like to say it's energy is almost like an invisible language they were speaking and we're not quite aware of it, but it will, you know, come through on screen or stage or wherever you are. Yeah, totally. It's always the thing like you can't quite put your finger on like, I don't know what it is about that person, but I just mm -hmm. really like them or I just really jive with them. I, they wouldn't be able to say like, oh, this is the specific thing. It's, it's more than that. It's contextual. Yeah. It is the way you communicate. It's the way you don't take yourself seriously or it's the way that you bring humor in. Like there's all these little things that come up and it comes through your voice and your body language and the stories you tell. Exactly. Yeah, so true. Um, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, is there something that um, people can do to kind of under start to understand how they should um, incorporate this or how to use it properly? I mean, it's one thing to try to figure it out as you go, but is there a starting point where you kind of can start to dive into this and start working it out? Yeah, I think here's what I would say. I, I would shift the focus. I mm. think what everybody thinks that they need is, do I have the right words? Do I have the right language? And while that is important, what I actually would recommend people start with is going, okay, I'm already talking to people every single day. Let's like all acknowledge that. Um, for people who are like, oh, I'm not, not, I'm not a speaker. I don't have any plans to be on a big stage. I like to pull the carpet out from under them and be like, hello, do you talk to people right now? Do you go live? Do you talk to people on Instagram stories? Do you talk to your team? Do you talk to clients? Like, do you open your mouth and say words every day? Okay, great. You're a speaker, mm -hmm. right? It just might not be on a stage. So acknowledging that we already talk to people every single day, what we need to start thinking about is how do we communicate the things that we're already communicating? And what I mean by that is, sure, we can be more intentional with our words. We can start thinking about how could I be more concise? Like, how could I how could I articulate myself in a clearer way? That's one of the things. My number one podcast episode ever is how to articulate your thoughts so other people can understand you. Like, we all have this <laughs> desire to be more clear. So sure, work on that. But what I would challenge anyone to start thinking about right now is start being aware of, is your message coming across through your tone? So for example, right now, I could have a tone that's really condescending and telling people that they're like, oh man, just get your shit together. Uh, sorry, get your crap together. Uh, <laughs> like I could have a more condescending tone or a more authoritative tone, mm -hmm. or I could have a more like a rounded tone that's more suggestive, more, um, uh, more empathetic, more um, connective. Like how we use our voice will allow us maybe to say things a little bit more a direct way, but not ruffle feathers. Mm -hmm. um, we can start playing around things. So here's a challenge. Uh, if anybody is in a relationship, just think about the next thing that you tell your partner. How could you do it in a more loving, empathetic tone? How could you do it in a more like warm tone, an appreciative tone? Mm -hmm. 
those analyzers listening are like, but what does that sound like? I think you know. I think you know the difference. You don't need to take a class to learn how to sound more empathetic. Like mm-hmm. You know what it sounds like. Uh, it just can sometimes be uncomfortable. So I think the first thing that people can start doing is start being more aware of how they're currently communicating. So by the tone, our body language, start taking stock in that just to notice is how I'm coming across, is my default setting for how I communicate, does that actually match how I want to be perceived? And what I mean by that is there's a lot of entrepreneurs who have this vision to become the go-to in their industry. They want to be seen as an authority. They want to make waves in their industry. They eventually want to be a thought leader and be on stages and have this really powerful message that has a ripple effect. How they're communicating right now is in a more meek tone. They're questioning themselves by putting inflection at the end of everything they say. So it comes Mm -hmm. across as a question. The way that they're speaking, the volume is really soft. It's really timid. And that is not incongruent with powerful authority. You see that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have to start thinking about, okay, how am I showing up right now? And how do I want to show up? And we can make it even as tangible as, okay, your next launch. How do you want people to experience you in your next launch? What will that take from you in an energetic level with how you communicate, uh, with how you show up on camera, with what your set looks like? What's what's the difference between how you want to be seen and how you're actually showing up right now? Then we can get nitty gritty around, okay, so how do you how do you make progress in that? But the challenge is most people are not aware of how they're actually showing up or and they're not clear on how they want to show up. They're mm. running on default mode, and we need to shift to be more intentional with our communication and our message. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say, you know, self-doubt, insecurity plays probably a huge role in all of this. I mean, if you're not feeling confident about uh, the message in itself, then it's going to be hard to speak in the tone that you need to or use the words that you should be using, stuff like that. Yeah, you create actually more objections to your content. When when you have that underlining uh, doubt or fear of what are they going to think of me? What if I what if I say it wrong? Mm-hmm. What if I fumble up the pitch? What if I like all these things, right? We have this underlining fear that comes out in our energy and even in our uh, our decision to over explain our content we actually end up creating more objections than are necessary because of our own insecurities of wanting to prove the value, prove that the right one, prove that we're we're different. We're not the yipper snapper on the internet who just started a business yesterday. Like we have this need to over-explain and this energetic way of describing it that's almost defensive. Mm. I see this happen a lot. And what we have to think about, and this is a huge shift for people to consider, If you are struggling with self-doubt or fear of fumbling your words, uh, if you're a self-proclaimed perfectionist where you're like, oh, like I just don't want to get it wrong or I don't want to be seen and like work in progress. If any of those things resonate with you, I'm going to challenge you to think about where you're placing your focus. And in all those scenarios with that self-doubt, that fear, that what are people going to think of me, all of it is you focused. Mm. And if you're anything like the entrepreneurs that I work with, Their big why, their big vision is around serving and making an impact for other people. So there is a huge incongruence between those two things. So the shift can be very simple. You might not be confident in your articulation skills. You might not be confident in your selling skills or your your speaking skills. 
But my question for most experts is, but can you be confident that if you had your ideal client in front of you, are you confident that you can help them? Exactly. And typically the answer is F yeah. <laughs> like I know if I had my person sitting in front of me and I got my hands into their business, like I could help them right now. So what I invite people to think about is stop focusing on getting the words right. Stop focusing on getting the launch right, getting all the, all the pieces right, and let your confidence stem from your inner knowing that you can help people. Let the confidence come from that. You don't have to be confident in your speaking. You don't have to be confident in your message. You don't have to be confident in those things. You just to be confident that you can help that person. And then when you do get on those stages, whether it's your webinar or a live or a podcast or an Instagram Reels, don't think about yourself. Think about that person who's waiting for you to help them. And I know that's cheesy to think about. And it's like, oh, easier said than done. But like quite literally, before you hit record, if you're like, oh, don't mess up, don't mess up. Like that's not helpful. Instead go, who's waiting to hear my message? Like, how can I serve them today? Like I trust whatever's gonna come out, it's gonna come out. Like how might they be feeling? Just think, literally think about who might be watching and think about how they might be feeling, what they might be struggling with. And your body and mind know what to do. Your energy will shift into that service space and your voice will change. Mm -hmm. So that is like the most practical thing that I tell people to do is shift your focus. Stop focused on yourself. Focus on your audience. That's where your confidence can come from because you know you can help. And then think about that person before you go live or hit record. Mm -hmm. Now, I would add to that it, that it's okay to be human. It's okay to fumble. It's okay to just be real because it does happen. And you know, if you're the type of person who easily forget what you're going to talk about, have a little list of bullet points. It's okay to actually look at it and, oh, yeah, that was what I was going to talk about. Instead of trying yeah. to remember everything and then it suddenly just, <gasps> you're freezing up because you don't remember, you know, <laughs> it just yeah. screws everything up. Well, the difference in that, let's just think about that. We've all been in an audience before <laughs> when a presenter uh, screwed up. And they've done that, like, oh, let me just check my notes real quick. They, they brought up the, human, the humanity of it. Exactly. And it made everybody feel like comfortable, like, oh, sure, like, oh, they screwed up. But it wasn't weird. Mm -mm. But we've also all been in the audience before where we've watched someone drop their note cards or the PowerPoint, whatever, didn't work, or they got lost and they got weird. They tried to pretend like it wasn't happening mm -hmm. or like, and, and, and we all feel awkward, yep. right? When those things happen, when we're trying to be perfect and we try to avoid the screw-ups, you create this awkward energy versus when you just pop the pin in the air and be like, well, crap, I just went off on a tangent here. Or, <laughs> oh, my dog just came in exactly. and was like up in my business. I was trying to handle it, but I couldn't. So I had to lock her out. Like when you just call that out, it actually brings out this shared connection because at the end of the day, even if your audience doesn't want to do the exact thing like you're doing, like for what I teach is very meta. When I'm on stage, I'm talking about being on stage. Mm. So it's very, very meta. So even if that's not you, whatever it is that you teach, there is some struggle with perfectionism and getting it right. And when you show that you are willing to make mistakes, when you're willing to be a work in progress, when you're willing to be imperfect, you give your audience permission to do the same. Whether it's on the nose, the same topic or not, uh, it's a really, really powerful thing. So I say embrace the mistakes. Now, if you're making mistakes with everything, we have a little bit of problem, there, yeah. right? Like that we need to, we need to like dial in it a little bit, but mistakes here and there, I actually welcome tech breaks or disruptions or little things happening because I actually find you get the, uh, the underdog effect 
like when something happens during a presentation and you recover, mm -hmm. your audience loves you even more. So I actually, um, I mean, I don't really root for those moments to happen, but I welcome <laughs> them because I know it makes the presentation more colorful. Yeah. And it's just like with this podcast as well. I think <clears throat> there's been a few times where we had things happening. Well, like you had to lucky to hug out, you know, stuff happens on the podcast. And I honestly don't edit any of the podcasts. It happened a couple of times where tech kind of disrupted the whole thing. So we kind of figured out, you know, okay, where they really leave off and restart it. But other than that, I'll leave it as it is. You know, if there's kids, if there's dogs, birds, uh, you know, I've had it all. But it's there. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's part of um, keeping that flow, the keeping conversation, make sure everything is comfortable. You know, it doesn't have to be weird or uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think, I think it's great because it models for your audience that, look, stuff's going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's not going to go according to plan. And we can either sit on the side of the fence where it's like, oh, dang it, the plan broke. Like, ah, oh, how can it not? Like, we can be mad about it or we can say, yeah, that is quite literally what running a business is. Like everything is going to break. Mm -hmm. Things are going to go wrong. The question is, will you have the resilience to continue moving forward? And when you post imperfect podcast episodes or random quirky things with dogs coming in or kids or whatever else, even though people might not be thinking this consciously, it's sending this subliminal message that it's okay to not be perfect. In fact, this is one of the things people tell me all the time about my content online is there's other speaking coaches that are really great and I highly recommend them. And when they show up, they're showing like very polished, edited content online, mm -hmm. which is great for some people. But for my person who wants to be elevated and polished, but they also are craving that real raw, it's okay to be perfect. I'm more, uh, more in tune with how do I have a more impactful message that's entertaining and fun and someone to hang around. I pull those people in. And they tell me all the time, like, I love that you tell us it's okay to be imperfect. They crave that with my content. So I intentionally mess up. I, mean, well, I don't intentionally mess up, but I intentionally show <laughs> the mess ups, right? Uh, because that's what my audience needs to see in order for them to take the risk of them being imperfect too. Mm -hmm. Like there's a pay it forward effect that happens. And I'm seeing a lot more rumbling in the online space in a positive way where people are craving that authenticity now more than ever. Mm, yes, exactly. Uh, I think this has been great uh, talking about this, but I also want to touch about um, the call to action that we discussed a little bit before because people are in the launch. They're going to promote themselves. They're going to go on a podcast or something else. And, um, you know, there's always that, you know, little pitch uh, at the end of a podcast or something like that. And, you know, how do you pitch that? call to action that you have without making it weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite thing to talk about because so many people are so awkward with that selling piece. Mm -hmm. It's like, have you seen that movie um, Just Friends oh, yes. with Ryan Reynolds? And it's like, he's stuck in the friend zone. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a little bit like that. Even the entrepreneurs that I talk to, they're like, yeah, I'm totally comfortable speaking from an audience. And then I ask him, well, how are you selling to an audience? And they're like, oh, it's awkward, right? And what happens is you're on a podcast interview, like things are flowing, everything's jiving, or you're doing a live and you're delivering your best content. And then you're looking at the clock going, okay, it's it's time to land the plane. Mm -hmm. Like, what do I do? And, and most people, they spend all their time in the interview, what they just like say this little tiny, like, and by the way, I have this thing. Like, oh, and by the way, I have this freebie. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of entrepreneurs, when they're going live, let's say in your pre-launch runway, you're doing a lot of live video. 
talking about your lead magnet or talking about your upcoming launch, a lot of entrepreneurs think like, oh, I keep talking about my opt-in. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be too strong. So they skip it Mm -hmm. entirely. So let's say this, you're on a live, you're on a podcast interview and you're getting to the end. It feels so awkward because in our brains, we are, we're in teaching mode. We're in the just deliver value, just be present, just like no strings attached. We're not being schmucky, just deliver. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh no, now we have to do the thing that we do not speak of. (laughs) Like now we have to like sell the thing, even though it's a free thing, it still feels like our audience is doing us a favor by downloading our freebie. Like it just feels weird. Mm. So one of the things that I like to talk about with people is number one, if you're waiting to the call to action to get people interested in your content. Like if you're waiting for the end to get either a yes or no that they're interested, you've waited too long. Exactly. What we have to think about with magnetic content, either in a launch, you're on a webinar or you're in a live or on a podcast interview like this. If you're waiting until the last moment to be like, hey, I have this program or hey, here's this thing. Of course, it's going to feel a little weird and clunky. So what I like to tell people is what you want to focus on is how do you weave buy-in throughout your um, throughout your presentations? How do you weave credibility and how do you preview what you have to offer? So there's a skill set with that, uh, something that I help people with. But specifically in the call to action, what I want you to think about is making an invitation, not, uh, I know this sounds weird, but not forcing a freebie onto people. Mm. Like they're not doing you a favor by downloading the freebie. I want you to think about for the right person, your freebie is going to be a great next step. So one of the ways that I do that, and side note, I have a, um, I have an entire like cheat sheet dedicated to this because this language is what people fumble over it. They were like, yeah, yeah, energy, Heather, but what is the actual words that I use? <laughs> so I have 19 magnetic phrases that help people not only make that call to action, but phrases that they can use throughout their podcast interviews or their live streams. I have them categorized by call to action language, but also credibility and buy-in language. The little phrases that you can pepper throughout so we can um, share that with your audience. But the call to action piece, here's one specific way in which you can do that. It's a very, very simple setup. It's if this, then that. And I know this sounds overly simple, but here we go. So if you're an online entrepreneur and you've been jiving with what I've been talking about today, you like the idea of showing up more magnetically. You like the idea of, okay, when I talk to people, if I can focus on bringing my more personality to the flavor and attracting them with that through my voice and a little less over obsessing exactly what to say. Like if you've been jiving with that today and you want to learn more about how to be more magnetic, how to make that call to action, well, then you would love my free guide where I walk you through how exactly to do that, right? I gave you 19 magnetic phrases where you can learn the specific language to use, but more importantly, where to place it so that when you do a podcast, when you show up on a live video, when you have a launch, you can enter that call to action stage with confidence, knowing that the right person will come running to your opt-in and you'll have the chance to work with them. Not only did I just do that, one, you can grab that at heathersager.com forward slash magnet, (laughs) but I just modeled for you, this is what you do at the end of a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I know, let's talk about the awkwardness of I'm very meta right now using my own example on that, which you can go grab that. But the whole point is people uh, shove the call to action at the end as something different. What you want to do is call out what people want by making an if you're a this and you jived with these other things that I said today, then you're going to love, describe what your thing is and why it's helpful for them. Mm -hmm. 
So that is an example of one of the call to action styles that I use inside my free guide. But that kind of language is not natural language that entrepreneurs use. It feels clunky. So having some specific vocabulary to use to practice that can really help you become more effective and magnetic at the end of every talk. Because why why do the lives, why do the podcast interviews, why do all those things if you cannot continue to support people beyond that stage? Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, you're just doing community service work as a content creator. And I don't think that's why people are here. (laughs) And would you say that relevancy has something to say when you're doing the call to action versus uh, the content that you just delivered, or doesn't that matter? Say more on that. Uh, so the call, well, whatever it is that you're speaking of during that live, and if the call to action is a kind of a mismatch with whatever that you delivered, is that a bad thing, or should it be relevant to the topic? We always have to make it relevant. We always have to make it relevant. Now, the question is, does it have to be relevant to the piece of content you just delivered? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. I mean, the relevancy is it has to serve the same audience. Like it has to be the proper person Mm -hmm. in the room. So that's number one. But if you have, like, say, for example, uh, let's say I'm doing a live specific to speaking, but I'm doing an affiliate promotion right now for my business, our our business coach, you Mm -hmm. are in the same program. Um, I'm doing affiliate promotion, which is not quite, uh, it's not speaking. There's a connection there, right? But everywhere that I'm going, I want to be talking about this call to action for this other challenge that's not my thing. Well, it would be kind of a missed opportunity if I didn't promote this other thing that I'm promoting right now. So what you can do, what I would do, you show up, you deliver the message, but then what you need to do is you have to create a bridge between whatever it is that you talked about to whatever this thing is that you're going to promote. Mm-hmm. If you cannot connect the dots, even in some simplistic way, um, it could be like one sentence. If you can't connect the dots, your audience sure will not. And what you'll do is if you shift their focus on something entirely different, you kind of uh, devalue everything you just talked about because you're directing their attention to something else. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, like you're going to have to go figure that out later. But for now, I want you to go get this software. Or for now, I want, like if it's not related, it's it, there's an incongruent focus and people really can't have a laundry list of actions. How you can handle that though is something very, very simple. So, uh, so for example, if I were to do a live, let's say, let's say the live was on what I was just talking about. Like the live was specific around the mistake entrepreneurs make when it comes to visibility, right? And the mistake is they go in with all the stuff to talk about, but they don't have a plan for how they're going to convert it on the back end, i.e. how they're going to move people from all the PR into their launch. Like they don't feel confident with that. So I could do a whole live around that. And then I could say something like, um, after we kind of wrap that up, I could say something like, um, you know, getting out on those stages is one, a really great way to build your email list. But, you know, um, one of the things we have to think about is ensuring that we have a lead magnet for people that's worth them wanting to jump at, right? We could talk about it all day long, but if the actual lead magnet itself isn't magnetic, we're going to have a problem. So if you've been watching this live and you're not feeling great specifically around your lead magnet offer, well, my business coach right now is running a um, a program where he's actually walking you through how to attract leads specifically by the lead magnet you make. Mm-hmm. So I can connect the dots on that. Side note, yep. we can promote uh, the 100 <laughs> leads, right? But you see how I just, all I just did was created a connection point. Mm-hmm. You have to create relevancy and context. And as long as you do that, you're good. But if you don't, all you do is create confusion. Exactly. 
well, perfect. That was exactly what I wanted to know. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> um, is there something that you feel like we haven't discussed right now that you feel needs to be said? There's a lot of things, right? I, I'm not worried about everyone getting all the right, perfect information. Yeah. The question is, um, here, here's the thing. When it comes to speaking, just like with anything in business, everyone is so focused around like, okay, exactly what do I need to do? Like, what's the best way? What's the right way? And what happens is we move into this constant mindset of being a learner. Mm. And while being a learner is instrumental to your growth as a business owner, it also will become, I think, your biggest um, lid to your own growth. I mean, like a lid, like a top, mm. a Tupperware, like a lid. It's going to stunt you down because what happens is people want to study to be able to get the information to get it right. So I see this all the time with speaking. People want to know, how do I get better with my voice? How do I get better on stages? Like, how do I book a podcast? Like they want to know all the information, but what, what really is happening is they want to study it so that they can become a student of it. But when it comes time to actually get on stage and practice it, that's a different story. Mm. Yeah. And the interesting part is there's typically two uh, people think about it as two different extremes. Either I just sit in the learning mode, like <laughs> waiting to get it right, struggling with the perfectionism, trying to study all those things, or the opposite is like, screw it. I'm just going to show up and I'm going to wing it. Like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to show up on the stage. And what I want to encourage people to think about is it's less about the ultimate big stage that you may or may not be after. And on the other side, it's less about learning all the ways to be quote unquote perfect on that stage. I want to encourage people to live in the middle. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is it isn't about the big stage. It's about those micro stages that you're on every single day. As I mentioned before, maybe you're doing a podcast. Maybe you have your own podcast. Maybe you're going live. Maybe you have a Zoom call where you're chatting with your own community. Maybe you're on a sales call. Maybe it's a coffee chat. It could be any of these moments where you're using your voice to talk about your expertise or your business. I want to encourage you to shine the spotlight into those moments and start asking yourself, how can I show up more magnetic today? How can I show up a little bit more charismatic? How can I be a little bit more intentional with my voice, my body language? How can I be more of service and less obsessed with my own internal dialogue? Start focusing on those moments and using them as practice stages. Because if you start thinking about practicing outwardly every single conversation, you'll notice over time, you will become a much better communicator. But if you think that communication or persuasion is just for launches or just on a big stage, you're not going to get better overall. And that is a requirement that if you want to be successful in business, you have to be an exceptional communicator. You have an opportunity in front of you every single day to start practicing this skill. Do not wait for a stage. Do it now. Perfect. Love it. So obviously you have a lead magnet, which you kind of already said, but you can, we can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. I think we did service on that. Yeah. But for any business owner who has some kind of lead magnet opt-in, uh, some launch mechanism where you are doing visibility opportunities like podcasts, live streams, um, you're, you're doing like what we're doing here, you're speaking on stages, you're guesting other people's programs, and you're wanting to direct them into your email list, you need to make sure that you have a confident way to talk about it. So if it would be helpful for you to have some phrases, I also have a training that really goes into depth around how to make that if then statement I mentioned before, how to make that really irresistible for your niche. So if you want that, you can grab it at heathersager.com forward slash magnet. And uh, for anyone who really uh, 
likes my long-winded, charismatic, big hand gestures speaking style, right? If you jive with this and you want to learn more about how to make those micro moments in your business more powerful, how to get better with your voice, how to get better with your language, how to get rid of the filler words, those kinds of things. Um, if you're listening to Ken's show, clearly like podcasts. So that might be a great second date for us, y'all. Um, <laughs> you can find more about that on The Heather Sager Show. Beautiful. And we'll link up both of those in the show notes, obviously. And if people want to reach out to you besides that, how can they do that? Uh, my website's the great a great place to do it. You can get all the resources there at heathersager.com. Or if you're a social person, you can come watch me try to figure out how to do reels uh, on Instagram. Uh, that's my favorite place to hang out. It's at the Heather Sager. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, um, sharing this with us. Um, I'm pretty sure that this was really useful. I know I found it useful as well. So appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks so much, Ken. And thank you for everybody who's listening in this week as well. And we'll catch up again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.